Hello everyone, Matt here and welcome to Looking Back at Lost. Though it's after the end, there's still more Lost to talk about. And of course, joining me is the co-host of the ongoing Peach Geek Pop Culture Podcast. It's Pete. Hello, Pete. Hey, everybody. Hey, Matt. Thanks again for having me back. Uh, it's fantastic for you to be here. And uh, before we kick things off properly, a reminder that on the evening of August 15th, I will be hosting along with Pete a lost live blog and watch along. It's also going to serve kind of as an adios to the podcast. You can sign up for reminders right now at phgeekpodcast.blogspot.com. And the live chat will be hosted both there and at lookingbackatlost.podbean.com. So, Pete, bringing it back to music, what do you have on tap for us today? I know in the last two episodes we did first seasons uh, one through three, and then seasons four and five. So I assume we're going to be working off the season six uh, disc today? Well, yes. Uh, this is the dessert. This is uh, what you really came for. Um, this is the reward, as it were. Um, not just the season six soundtrack, but the final episodes as well, which were released as a limited uh, two CD set. So if people are looking to go out and buy these, which of course, uh, you know, if we, if we haven't said it uh, in the previous two episodes, please go out and buy these. I mean, we're kind of you know, aware that we're, uh, we're quoting here from Mr. Giacchino's um, uh, works, you know, so please everybody go out, go on iTunes, go to your, you know, Amazon or whatever, and and buy these. So just so just so I'm clear, and so everybody's clear, Pete. You have to cover all of season six. You have uh, the season six season six disc set, and then a uh, the last episodes, the final episodes disc set. Well, it's two. The first for season six is called Lost: The Final Season, and the second one, which is really only four episodes worth, is Lost: The Last Episodes. Um, but strangely, iTunes read off of the discs, um, the final two disc set as lost the final season and lost the last episodes. So it actually reads as two different soundtracks. Huh? Yes. And it is no longer available. This last episode CD, it was a uh, limited run. It came out in August of 2010. It sold out very, very quickly, and it has not been redone. It might be on iTunes, Pete. I don't want to say that for sure. I feel like some of the prep I did on my end to get the clips, it might, I might have seen it on iTunes. Um, although I don't want to swear to that. Just it's certainly possible. I mean, I've not researched from that angle because, again, I have it, but I know that this the CD is extraordinarily hard to come by. Well, I know what a uh, what a fan you are of the the physical CD to own. Yes, um, yes. Lost the last episodes is uh, an album on uh, on iTunes. So presumably, if uh, if Apple isn't your thing, there's other uh, digital purveyors there. But Pete, you're you're in the uh, the possession of one of the rare physical discs of uh, of that yes and of course uh from the 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 final season disc set and what is the uh what's the first track that you've selected from your famously curated list uh to kick us off for season six this is the first piece of uh music that we hear um this is disc one track one a sunken feeling and this is what sets the tone immediately 
um, that something is off after we already see that um, Oceanic 815 does not crash. This is the music that plays as we go into the ocean and see the statue from underwater. Yeah, Pete, I know in a previous uh, music podcast, we had discussed another track, and I can't remember which it was, but another track that kind of had those swirling strings. But really, uh, in, in that clip, it's used so wonderfully, whereas the camera is just moving down and moving through the water. I don't know. It's just somehow that, it's evocative of that motion. That would be the uh, season two track. Um, I believe it's the one where they're... Um, looking into the hatch um uh, what is it called i forget um but it's it's when um desmond uh is looking up there um and turning his gun and his mirrors on uh jack Locke and company you know right now there are people yelling into their into their headphones oh it's called this you know it's called how can you not know that you know it's <laughs> Well, Pete, I'm certainly Peace not the... through superior firepower. There it is. Ah, there you go. Very, very nice. Now, Pete, with the next uh, track, I see that it is the track entitled LAX. Um, mm. I just want to point out to people who might want to be uh, researching this further that iTunes lists this as capital L, lowercase AX, which <laughs> I think very much changes the meaning. It's not, it's not you know, like lax you know like didn't quite do what they need to do it's lax and uh in certain parts of the world too it's like lax bro like yeah uh give me my my stick and throw me a ball so people maybe searching on itunes for that might get a surprise to have this uh beautiful alternate montage of how ocean eight oceanic 815 uh could have uh landed and been uh playing through their earbuds
there's there's just such an airiness to that it's just kind of so it, it's such a free track which is obviously befitting the um you, you know the story and, and what's happening to the characters but as i've said in other episodes i feel like that's yet another example where you could sit someone down who has no knowledge of the show no knowledge of Giacchino's sound palette you know oh this sounds like you know this other thing he did you know just plunk them on there and they'd you know say, oh, what are some adjectives to describe that and i feel like the resonance you know the very boiled down basic nature of the story of you know freedom and release and and that sort of thing that that's all there despite the fact you know even without knowing about you know our characters and all the seasons beforehand and all that i really like season six in that not only is the series uh set up in a cyclical manner so is that season you know um we have the plane landing we have the alternate version of events uh, we get the end of the season, the plane leaving, um, LAX and its sister track, if you will, uh, Parallelicam, which we'll listen to later on in the podcast. Um, you know, essentially the same um, arrangement, small differences, but I really like the chords that, you know, measured out begin uh, that track and then the way it, it ends with, you know, what became a staple for Giacchino, you know, the, the little plunk at the end, mm. you know, just lets you know, all right, done. It, I mean, I, I, I know now I'm officially repeating myself or at least repeating sentiment from some of the previous music episodes that we've done. But the fact that he was writing this volume of work on a weekly basis, um, you know, for the first three seasons, 20 plus episodes for the last three closer to, you know, 16, 18. Um, it still is just, it's just remarkable because it's, yes, yeah, some of these themes repeat, you know, Oh, here comes lock. All right, go, you know, get those lock notes out. Now is it lock happy? Is it lock sad? You know, it's kind of, you know, he, he, he's working on a familiar power palette, the later into the show that he goes, but there's really just so much, um vibrance to it regardless of the fact that you know now we're at the what the 115 or so episode mark with some of these episodes yeah i mean it's really impressive that this was done on a weekly basis well let's keep trucking on here what do you have next on your list we're gonna skip ahead to um disc one track 13 and this is the rocket's red glare
So, Pete, at this point, the famous question, why this track? What uh, what has made it appear on your list? Um, you know, there's such a strong and a serious tempo. Um, once that track really gets going there and just very, very, uh, um, you know, serious, serious um, music. And we can tell that, you know, something's going down. Indeed. And uh, looking next at the list, I see that this is from disc one, track 21, The Lighthouse. Certainly a, a, a critical uh, setting for the story. Uh, tell us a little bit about what we're about to hear. Well, you know, the way this is played and, and we get some smaller pieces within that, again, the, the leitmotif, you know, the idea of of Jack and what he's coming to discover here. But you know, this, this track is loaded with, uh, percussion and, and destiny. You'll also hear Jacob's theme reprised. Though I feel at times that I might be, you know, running out of praise here for all these wonderful tracks, uh, you know, hearing the lighthouse, it, you know, makes me think that among Giacchino's many strengths, he really just does such marvelous stuff with strings. That kind of, um, I don't know, there's there's kind of that energy there at the end of the track where it's kind of, um, you know, tailing off, but still kind of, you know, there's there's kind of a pulsing energy to it, and. Um, just another fine example of his uh, fantastic skills. It really is. Um, one thing I want to point out for you, Matt, and for your listeners, you know, there was some other um, tracks that were included in season six and even in previous seasons that we did not offer here in our uh, look back at the music of Lost by uh, Michael Giacchino. Um, Catch a Falling Star is uh, featured in several tracks um, in season six, particularly around the time of, uh, you know, Lighthouse and, and Sundown and episodes like that. And we didn't include those for the same reason. We didn't include a track like Shambhala um, from the first podcast for seasons one through three. That's because we only went with original Giacchino music here. So anybody who might be listening to this and saying, oh, well, what about this? And this is critical. You know, I just want to offer that small caveat so that people understand we were going with solely the um, original music here. Uh, certainly uh, an understandable caveat there. 
Now, Pete, thus far, here we are. We're about, oh, 16 and a half minutes into the podcast. There hasn't been any delightful Giacchino wordplay in these titles. Is that something that he, he stopped in the sixth season? No, I just didn't pick anything from that first CD that had any uh, puns, but I will punish you and your <laughs> listeners now Lovely. with disc two, track three. None the Richard. Certainly a track that, uh, lives above its punny title i mean that uh i i think the first time that we hear the full richard theme um is uh in his flashback when when we first are plunked back there uh to his uh uh his home island off the spanish coast and there he is on horseback and somehow they've dressed up hawaii to look different mm-hmm. and and new and it's just and kind that's of this the track yeah, that, that is the very track. That's the first time it appears. That was the other thing I took into consideration in going back through all of the music is, you know, what's the first time? What's the best time? What's a different time, an effective time the, these themes are used? And all the buildup of Alpert's background and to finally get his story and, you know, not maybe where a lot of us expected it to go in that way it's it's remarkable to think and i know i've mentioned this uh back in, in, in during season four of the podcast but if not for the writer's strike richard just would have dropped out of the story you know he he had left lost to go do uh the show kane on cbs and it was doing okay if the strike hadn't come along it probably would have continued but it was just one of those shows where nah, not not cutting it now that the strike is coming back and everybody's looking to get about six weeks worth of TV in adios Kane. And with that, they snap Richard up. And I think he then had a full, you know, signed to guest star in every, uh, every episode for the rest of that season. And then elevated to the cast for the last two seasons, all, all because of the unions, man. Yeah. And then, um, Bane killed him. <laughs> ah, so true. It's nice to see he's, he's continued to work, uh, though. With that, Pete, moving on, I see that uh, Disc 2, Track 9, uh, this perhaps one of the most um, poignant titles uh, that we've talked about thus far, and Death Shall Have No Dominion. Uh, what was it about this track that uh, has us about to listen to it? This is a pivotal track. This plays at a point where really the overall conflict is, uh, you know, what I would like to refer to as, you know, uh, pulled back, um, on the show. And, uh, we really come to see, um, where the ultimate battle lines are drawn.
I really like that slide there at the end where things really uh, really turn dark. Again, kind of another example of what Giacchino can do uh, with the string section. Well, this music comes from the scene where uh, the man in black holds the um, the wine bottle upside down and we get the cork metaphor for what the island is and we really get a sense of you know how large the scale of the end of the show was going to become mm. very very well said yeah it's such a such a critical scene indeed so pete what is next on your your wonderful list here we're back to the bad puns uh it's disc two track 13 george of the concrete jungle Pete, that light and airy theme that slowly builds importance as the the destiny of the church scene kind of calls ever closer. It, uh, it that's just what jumps out at me there. There's that kind of repeating da 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 that that yeah. so increasingly is um you know is kind of when you watch it the second time or if you want to you know look at things in reverse, it's just kind of like it's just that thread that you didn't know was there in the beginning, and all of a sudden. The music is one of those emotional keys where, ooh, there's there's a little bit of momentum over here. There's momentum over there. Wait a minute. Things are indeed coming together. The show's not going to pull a saint elsewhere. It is going to have a good ending. And uh, all that little bit of music there. Well, the key word you use there is emotion. And, you know, the music was so tied to the emotion of the show. I mean, they were really indiscernible for the six-season run. And, you know, we're so heavily foreshadowing the Flash Sideways world's importance. It was in front of us all along, not in the St. Elsewhere or, you know, Sixth Sense aspect misunderstood, but that, you know, this is an alternate version. This is another chance by every character we saw portrayed of significance on the show who was not named mr echo (laughs) yeah i mean it's i know i did not mention this in the uh in the finale podcasts i know i've mentioned it previous but i mean it's a shame that mr echo does not appear in those scenes simply because the actor wanted more money because he asked four times the asking price of what other people were just willing to show up uh get a couple of days in hawaii get a paycheck you know, share share some time with uh, fellow actors and kind of give a little thank you to the fans almost. Not even almost. I think that some of those people that have, you know, I'm thinking of Penny, who I, I don't know when the last time was that she was in the show, uh, but showed up to do that scene when she could have said, no, 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 I have something better to do. It's it's It was the right thing to do professionally, personally, for the fans, financially, and he being the one, the one holdout, you know, shame on him. Um, well, loss, loss was G.I. Joe's gain. Indeed. And not to turn this into another podcast, but rumor is that he uh, he turned down a certain British science fiction series uh, in the last week or so. Uh, so, 
maybe he'll maybe he'll learn the the evils of his ways of you know sometimes you don't need to say no sometimes you need to say yes and 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 follow the fans wherever they might go but Pete, I see we have two tracks left for, uh, or from, rather, the Lost, the final season uh, disc set. What is the penultimate one from that, uh, from that compilation? This is track 20, The Last Recruit. And just want to point out, we're again teasing Destiny with new and familiar themes that are going to cul- uh, culminate in a very percussive climax. and and pounding indeed that was uh that was quite the rousing pick there you know um it really uh says a lot about giacchino that he can write music um as well for the quiet moments as the really active moments indeed now here for the uh for the final track from that first set disc 22 track 22 i see it's called the subgroup now i'm going to take a guess pete because I'll, I'll admit there's quite a quite a bit i know about the show i don't uh always know when you know which tracks go with which um scenes or kind of musical feelings i can i guess pete this is not some sort of pun and that this refers to the group of people manning the submarine that brings widmore and zoe and others to the island is that maybe what it is or is jacchino being silly here um i think when we say subgroup uh to me it felt like it was uh maybe a play on how we had, you know, what is sometimes called, you know, the alpha group of Jack and Kate and Sawyer. And then that other group of characters, you know, your Hurley, your son and Jin, your Claire, um, sometimes Locke found himself in that other group. Um, it kind of felt like a, like a play on that. Ah, Chikino, you, you did it again. Let's take a listen.
Well, Pete, your musical knowledge there certainly has bested mine. Um, definitely not from the appearance of Widmore's sub, as you said. In fact, while the track was playing, I took a quick, uh, a quick look, and uh, the first uh, to, uh, look in Lostpedia, I should say, the first appearance of this was when uh, Jack pulls son Hurley and Frank away from the main group, and elsewhere, the Man in Black asks whether Said has Desmond. So that kind of, uh, as you say, groups being split into subgroups. And uh, characters might not be part of the A team being being uh, featured, so certainly uh, no surprise there that you were uh, that you were right. With that, Pete, I see that we have finally made it to the the final two disc set. Lost the last episodes, and um, you you had put in a request to uh, to Central Command here that we uh, splice together from disc one, track three, subprimed. Uh, that's SUB dash primed, uh, along with track four, the delightfully titled SS Lost Tannic. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's that's got to be the worst. Is, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Chikino uh, has since developed much uh, akin to his world's worst and world's best fetish. He has developed a sub fetish so pete what you're saying is that he might have the inside track to uh doing the music for the 50 shades of gray movie no (laughs) in his most recent work uh which was the star trek into darkness soundtrack um maybe my favorite track is uh makes use of the subprime um idea as well so clearly the uh mortgage crisis of 2008 weighs very heavily on giacchino's or some of his producers psyches well with that pete let's take a listen to these two tracks that you've you've melded into one
certainly high octane there lots of energy lots of um you know kind of kind of the motion of the plot once again is coming through um anything else you want to say about those or should we keep on keep on moving to the next one on the list as i said i just want to preface that this last um disc here uh i'm sorry this last set um really comes from um four episodes uh, the candidate across the sea, what they died for, and the end. So they're really giving you um, a lot, um, you know, from those last four episodes. And I think it was a disappointment to a lot of people that much of the most memorable music from this season had been left off of the season six proper, which this was either an attempt to atone for, or they knew a place where they could get a lot of people to buy another set. I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to paint too broadly with either brush. I mean, I don't know what the, uh, lead in time is to, you know, like press the discs and package them and all that. It's probably more than we think. Um, and then being kind of cognizant of that. Um, and also just, being able to hit you know have the one set in stores as the finale approaches have the the final set you know limited edition or you know hey uh, i don't want to go track down the discs let me let me go get it online right now impulse buy kind of you know it's probably a combination uh combination of both of those and uh, apropos of the episode titles that you mentioned, I see that the next uh, selection from Disc 1, Track 6, is entitled Simply Across the Sea. Uh, well, I mean, if it's not, if, if by the title alone it's not obvious why it's on the list, why is it on the list? Well, this is really a brilliant deconstruction and origin of the Jacob and the Man in Black themes. A, a unique flair and flavor to that particular track definitely and we get the sense there that there's a larger um backstory for the characters involved which we got to finally see play out yeah there there really is so so much in these final four episodes um which i mean to be fair there's kind of it's four with an asterisk which is to say that you know the end is twice as long plus a bit more uh, of a normal episode but just so so much going on in, in in you know what can indeed properly be called these uh these final four episodes pete what's next for us we're going to take a listen to um 
disc one, track 18. Um, and this is what they died for. Eternal question, what was it about what they died for that uh, put it on your list? Well, the the piece plays when Jacob tells Jack, um, Kate, Hurley, and Sawyer, um, you know, really their purpose, why they are there. Um, they want to know that Sun and Jin and Saeed didn't die for nothing. And Jacob says, well, come and sit down and I'll tell you what they died for. And there's just this feeling that, that comes over that conversation that cannot happen without, um, Giacchino's music where we have both the mystery alongside the purpose, but there's that comforting inclusion of, um, like I, referred to it in the previous podcast, the, the signature piece of the last four, I'm sorry, the last three seasons, four, five, and six, there's no place like home. And it really sets off Jacob's benign presence. There's also a great use of just a couple measures of that seminal loss theme at the end, and it doesn't finish and kind of teases us um, both into the commercial and further into the story well pete that was just so perfectly said so so spot on i i, I can't say anything uh, to add to it just uh, other than to say you know to say wow and uh to look to the next uh bit on the list here for, uh, from disc one track 20 get out of jail free card can i can i hope pete that this has something to do with the jail and the flash sideways world or are we up to more wordplay trickery no, it, it indeed does. Whew. And what what is it other than its uh, uh, accurate uh, track name that uh, had you put it on this list? Well, just the way we get the that flash sideways theme we've talked about before, um, the mischief with Desmond um, coming to a great finish as Anna Lucia gets in on the act at the docks. We get a nice inclusion of Hurley's theme. Um, and it all weaves into one at the end. Mm -hmm. 
I I love that track. I love uh, love it not just because of what it represents from the story that uh, we've had that sense of momentum before, you know, in, in both orchestrally and in the story. But this is really at a point. Somehow it feels different here, and it really feels like we're starting to to pick up speed. But that um, repeating dunt 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 at the end that. Chikino, all all composers use um, not just kind of for emphasis, but I think it also gives them a point where they want to go emphasis, 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 and they're also kind of giving um, the show editor, the sound editor, the music editor, whoever might be making that decision, like a point to to cut off. Like you know, do, do you go five dunts or four or three? But the last one there kind of has the strings move to a higher octave, um, so you kind of get. Uh, a larger range of the strings speaking with that last one and boom with that we then move back the story does to um to the the, the musical setup going on um uh, uh you know that, that the widmores are putting together and it's just it's there are better moments of music and i'm not calling it bad bunny stretch of the ima- imagination certainly there's more passionate um moments to the music but this is almost Giacchino, I don't want to say showing off, but it's him just just calling the shot and hitting the home run and saying, yes, I can do that too, no problem. It's all about inertia here at the end, and music like that can't help but build it up. Indeed, indeed. And uh, here we are looking at the list. This is the first time, you know, we still have about 10 tracks to go, but it's the first time I can see the very bottom of the list. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the, the end approaching, you know, so many ways. Next, Pete, if I'm if I'm reading the list correctly, from disc two, track one, we have the aforementioned Parallelocam. Yes, and this is the reprisal and the rearrangement of LAX. That's such a wonderful example of, uh, you know, even though it's, as you said, a reprisal of the LAX theme, even though it is familiar uh, to us now, to us as, as viewers, first time rewatch, whatever it might be, it just goes to show you that there is a place for reprisals and for repeating some of those uh, musical emotions. I mean, it's it's part of the language 
of both the universe of this show and of this type of musical storytelling. And it's so, so important in order to communicate the points that this show strove for. And so apropos of that is the next track, Disc 2, Track 4, Ultrasonic Flash. Why don't you tell us a bit about it, Pete, before we listen? Well, this is the piece that plays when Sun and Jin see their baby for the first time uh, on the sonogram, uh, courtesy of Juliet, um, with uh, There's No Place Like Home, again, flooding in. That's the really emotionally resonant piece as they um, have their flashes to their island life. Um, and then uh, once you listen to it, I'll give you a little bit at the end. Absolutely lovely. Just an absolutely wonderful track there. Well, well done, Pete. Well chosen. Well, to quote Juliet, quoting Mary Poppins, when she shows Son and Jin the baby, perfectly perfect in every way. Uh, truer words were never spoken. So from that kind of uh, happy, glowy sound, next is disc two, track five, Fly By Dire. <sighs> Pete, you have not chosen it for its title. Why no. then have you chosen it? Um, this is uh, the Man in Black theme, uh, along with the Hollywoods and Hollywood and Vines um, music, moving music that's uh, reprised throughout the series. This plays uh, once our few remaining. Um, cast members Jack and Kate and Sawyer and Hurley get themselves together um, in the finale, uh, the end.
Pete, in doing these episodes and being able to hear uh, this music uh, separated from the show, and I don't just mean kind of emotionally or visually, but without other sounds in there, dialogue, uh, sound effects, that sort of thing, uh, I continually find certain um, aspects of the music um, coming into my ears that weren't there uh, or at least weren't um, on the surface or obvious when watching the episode. Just at the conclusion of that clip there, there's kind of, um, I don't know, I, I don't know whether it was kind of a bell or a string plucking, but something kind of on the, the, the lighter, higher end of the, the sonic spectrum, kind of giving a little bounce to the moving music there. And um, it kind of struck me as feeling fresh and new, um, despite, it, you know, it's probably somewhere there in the mix of the show, just with other stuff, not, not quite as uh, omnipresent. Definitely. And, you know, the, the volume with which it plays behind, you know, dialogue and other things going on in the show will always vary when, you know, we're listening to the music in isolation. We're going to pick up different things. I know that there, and I don't know that this is necessarily the case for the Lost soundtrack, but I know occasionally you'll have um, alternate takes that make their way onto onto a soundtrack. And by soundtrack, I mean, you know, the, the home disc set as opposed to what makes it into the movie. But right. um, I don't think, I mean, I haven't heard of that that happening with any of the Lost stuff. But No, in, not not to my mind either. Indeed. Next, disc two, track eight, The Well of Holes. All right, Pete, I get it. There's no wordplay here. It's the well. There's kind of holes in it. There's the chunks of, you know, uh, a brick and rock down there that, De- you know, that, that we see when Desmond is thrown down there. So no wordplay. Tell us more about it. Also a nice homage here to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with the Well of Souls. <laughs> so it is wordplay. Uh, a little of a, of a sort. Fair enough. Let's take a listen. Enjoy this track. There's kind of a, um, I don't know, there's a there's a jauntiness to it. There's a motion to it that um, maybe isn't quite as purposeful as um, as the uh, Hollywood and Vine theme. Um, I like it. There's kind of a, a there's a springiness to it that um, puts a bit of a smile on my face, Pete. Well, it's really grand. You know, we get the reveal of you know what is in the the light there what what happens inside the heart of the island as it's been called as well 
And, um, you know, it, it needed to just like the, the, um, the piece that it is, uh, alluding to, um, with, you know, John Williams Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack really have this super spiritual otherworldly significance. And I think again, on a weekly basis, Giacchino delivers. Absolutely. I think there's, there's no question to that. Next, Pete, is uh, another uh, two tracks that you've asked to be spliced together. First is Disc 2, Track 12, If a Tree Falls. And after that, Track 13, Lock versus Jack. Uh, let's take a listen, then we will discuss. Another really, really nice uh, pick there. Definitely, uh, you know, there's some darkness to it. There's tension and drama. What what was it that made those two tracks stand out for you? And most importantly, why did you ask for them to be spliced together? Well, this comes from the buildup and finally the release of the big battle between Jack and Locke. Um, If a tree falls, particularly um, because of the the nice chimes, the gong effect, the discord at the end, um, you know, setting the scene with the rain and the tempo and you have Jack and Locke, you know, rushing towards one another. Um, and then we break for commercial and then we come back and they're still rushing, (laughs) um, you know, uh, but they fit together. They're meant to, to be played as one, um, you know, Locke and Jack, the the second piece there, that's the Anakin versus Obi-Wan of Lost. It's very old school, 1960s Star Trek, Kirk versus Spock vibe as well makes it, you know, um, a certainty for inclusion on any type of list. Those two tracks and the, the scenes uh, that they're from, it's perhaps the only time, certainly the only time in, in my recent memory where um, they go to commercial on one sort of, um, you know, high point or cliffhanger or whatever, and then come back from commercial and simply continue it. You know, we're so used to like, and here's the big fight, go to commercial, come back, and, oh, it's a flashback where somebody is sitting on a park bench 
talking to somebody else on a park bench and we just want to see what's going on with the fight you know no here they kind of give you the give you the whole thing now that we're in the finale episode definitely so that pete what is next track 14 this is can't keep lockdown the clip there pete i like um how there's kind of that that thin um conclusion with uh with the strings there kind of reminding us that for all the the, the grandeur of Locke, there was also the 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 feeble man on the inside the broken man on the outside who you know despite the fact he overcomes that to such great degree that still is kind of there um inside him to a certain degree and also there in the music absolutely you know and giacchino teases us by only going so far as Locke remembers and his theme is reprised but then jack pulls away because he's the one that can't make that connection he can't have his um his flashbacks just yet now, Pete, for the uh, for the next one here, uh, disc two, track fifteen, we can go Dutch. I've figured this one out, Pete. I know why you've chosen it. Is it because of your proud Dutch heritage? Absolutely. <laughs> why? Uh, and in a more serious note, do you want to you want to set it up a bit? Yes, this is a great um, track for uh, Juliet and Sawyer, and um, we get their theme and resolution to their story at the candy machine. Certainly a fitting uh, payoff and conclusion for those two characters who, uh, you know, in so many ways were so fundamentally broken for uh, a large part of their time on the series and then kind of found each other. And it was the the, the missing pieces were, were what the other person had. And, um, you know, though, though taken apart in life to, to meet each other again there at the candy machine is uh, is fitting and sweet indeed. And we're really getting, you know, several stories uh, tied up here musically at this point. And, you know, that's one that 
that needed to uh, to play itself out. Now, Pete, for this next uh, uh, selection here, it certainly is a um, it's an interesting uh, bit of word usage that uh, Giacchino has, and I don't think here he's being all that necessarily ironic. What do you have next for us? This is track 16, Hurley's Coronation. Certainly a, a regal and a special track indeed, uh, kind of befitting the um, oh the expectations that we had for Hurley, the hopes that we had for Hurley, and um, to to see that bit of validation finally uh, finally paid off is um, well, it's fitting indeed. You know, Hurley's the Sancho Panza, obviously in this piece, and the um, sincere strings within this track really highlight. Um, his true and faithful nature. And indeed, a, uh, th- as you said, there is such a sincerity to uh, Jorge Garcia's performance uh, of Hurley. And uh, perhaps connected to that or not, just a reminder that we have uh, quite the bit of, uh, well, quite, quite an interesting email to share in next week's uh, podcast at the top of it. A little bit of a teaser there. I know that there's been some guessing on the twitter feed but enough teasing of next week's episode we can talk about that in a little bit but pete what is the penultimate track you've picked so so many from these six seasons of lost here we are at the penultimate one what is it track 19 um ironically in this sense however is not the whole shebang
what a fantastic ending there, kind of building, 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 then the one string kind of uh, being plucked to take us out of the clip there. Pete, please tell me more about that track. Well, um, this was available. This was one of two tracks that was made available um, on the season six soundtrack, uh, lost the final season, um, and really had to be because of its importance. Um, the next being the final track that ever plays for, uh, lost to this point, um, track 20 moving on. Uh, a track that I'm sure is uh, uh, a surprise to no one and hopefully a bittersweet delight to all to be uh, included on the list. And uh, with that, let's take a listen. Pete, obviously the emotions that captures, uh, that Chikino has captured, the emotions that the music stirs up in us, it's, it's difficult to capture all that uh, in words now. Uh, one thing that I will say is I, I think that it's so fitting that we get that last um, sound from the strings there. Normally, it, uh, kind of a percussive or hard or dissonant sound to propel us to the next adventure, the next mystery, the next season. But instead, it's just quiet. It's it's harmonic as opposed to dissonant, and it's just it is the sweet ending, and and it's that, and and the end of the end. I mean, it's easy to make this my favorite track of all six seasons. But it's such a gentle laying to rest of the series that merges so well with what is done visually. Um, I can't listen to it 
and not feel, um, especially at the point where Vincent shows up towards the end and, and the music gets even a little bit slower. Um, never maudlin, though, always earnest. And I think that's the um, really the, the highest compliment you can pay uh, Giacchino here throughout his work in the series. I, I mean, I totally agree. And I, I, there's, there's something I saw online in relation to this track, which uh, I, I hope is not um, maudlin, to use your word, or inappropriate to share. And I don't know who it was from. It was just a comment I saw on, uh, on the YouTube page where somebody had posted uh, a part, of the, part of this musical track. And there was a commenter just you know, out there in the ethos of, uh, of um, the Internet in a comment that was posted several months ago, if not a, a year plus or so. And uh, it said, the, the commenter said um, something like, uh, my mother died a week ago and I'd like to, to play this uh, as the last song at her funeral. And uh, again, I have no idea who this person is. I don't know the situations, just someone out there who heard this music, presumably a lost fan, but uh, whoever that stranger is out there, I think that that's, um, that's appropriate um, praise for that track, that it really does capture something profound beyond, uh, you know, a TV show that ran for a while and then came to an end and finales are often sad. I mean, they're really, Giacchino has, previous to that track, has crossed over into art you know, beyond commerce, beyond, you know, let's have dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun kind of high-energy action music. It's not the first time that he's he's been purely artistic, but there he is artistic. It's the artistic energy of the show that kind of ha- has uh, you know, coalesced around him as the last person to kind of be be giving a, um, oh, a creative input to the show. And it's, it's just an absolutely mar- marvelous, marvelous track. I can't add anything to that. Well, I think appropriate to that track moving on, Pete will look ahead to next week, which uh, will be the the opportunity for this podcast to move on. It'll essentially be a podcast in three parts. We'll hear first some uh, feedback from, from listeners. Uh, then I, solo, will discuss the new man in charge. Um, if we haven't discussed the new man in charge uh, as part of the comments, but we'll have more of that next week. Uh, then, at that point, you will uh, join the podcast one last time, and we can, uh, well, I was going to say we can conduct, you shall conduct the exit interview, and, and uh, I will uh, lay bare my soul as the podcast finally comes to an end on 8.15, and uh, a reminder as well that there will be the uh, the lost... Uh, chat and watch along that evening uh you know follow me on twitter and whatnot to, for, for the exact time it'll be some point in the the mid evening on the eastern time zone want to be both british friendly and west coast friendly so still having that figured out but pete here we are as i guess as we wrap this up thank you for all your wonderful efforts for these musical episodes and uh My i look pleasure. forward to uh look forward to you coming back one more time so that uh, we might we might uh bid looking back at lost a fond farewell as it moves on. I'm really excited. 
well i'm i'm excited i'm i'm nervous that you know it's funny it's yeah well i guess i'll save some of the reminiscing for next week but certainly to be uh to be here looking at the microphone saying i'm gonna be pressing stop in a minute and then then there'll just be one episode left it's a little uh still scary but uh i guess as mr giacchino taught us the the time comes when you have to move on so with that pete thank you again no problem and uh we will talk to everybody again next week take care one and all and bye bye